Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Good morning. Welcome to the Gospel for Life. In the studio with me this morning is Pastor Josh Bales and Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen. Unfortunately... Pastor Phil Moran is not with us again. The parents are away. Yes, it's it's, uh, it's not good. <laughs> Jonathan, you can be young with us today. We'll, Thank we'll, you. We'll Thank let you. you do that. <laughs> You're only as age is only mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we are going to do a series of shows, and really, it's from the working premise of. And I know this is going to come as a shock, um, but we feel like that people are struggling right now disagreeing well. And that's in society in general, but we're concerned mostly with disagreements within the church. And so what we're going to do is we're going to walk through some principles really outlined by Kevin DeYoung. He's a PCA pastor out in North Carolina. And he wrote an article called Where and How Do We Draw the Line? And, and in essence, what he does is he walks through eight or seven principles to help with trying to figure out how we as Christians can engage with one another. And it's really, I'm sure most of you have heard the, the saying, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Now that sounds great. And I think all of us would probably agree with that statement. Well, the, the difficulty is, well, how do you live that? Yeah. And so that's what his article is really working through, and that's what we're going to try to also work through in the next couple days. So the first idea, first step that he gives is establish the essentials of the faith. And he will say that this is actually the most critical step, that this is what's most important. So... How do we go about establishing the essentials of the faith? Yeah. Maybe just to ask the question, what is or, or who is the Christian faith about? And I know I'm deviating a little bit from Kevin Young's point here, but the Christian faith is, is about God, the triune mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And so that is an absolute essential. I mean, we, we have to agree. I mean, that's the, that's the Shema, right, in Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. In that one creedal statement, we have Jehovah the Father is God, Jehovah the Son is God, Jehovah the Holy Spirit is God, and these are one, three persons, one God. That's absolutely essential. We have to agree on that. Actually, the uh, real difficulty, as you say, is what is essential, because Different people have more essentials or less essentials than another. If you ever look at a, maybe a doctrinal statement from a church on the web, you know, some of them will have 10 just really pithy statements, and that's all, you know, and you realize they're not really making a lot of distinctions. 
fact, you might not even be able to detect what they believe about the Holy Spirit. You might not be able to detect what they believe about uh, God's as the agency in our salvation, different things. So different ones have different essentials, and I think we need to realize even there, there needs to be some charity given Mm -hmm. because we are all part of the body of Christ as his church. Um, We may have a disagreement with the... Uh, you know, we may be a Calvinistic church and we might have disagreements about the nature of salvation from an Arminian, uh, but that doesn't mean that in many ways um, we have a lot in common. So those are the things that we probably would focus on. And there are three relationships. When we when we say essential, the question we always have to ask, and Pastor Matt Marino taught me this, we always have to ask the question, essential to what? Mm-hmm. what? What is the referent that we're talking about? Kevin DeYoung here, he says, establish the essentials of the faith. That's something that's outside of me. Mm-hmm. There's essential to the faith, essential to our faith as a church, or essential to my faith as an individual. And those relationships are different. So again, one thing that's essential to the faith, independent of my salvation, is the Trinity, the person of God, the attributes of God. I think it's important to see how God deals with this in the Bible. So I think you're aware that the Bible contains just a lot of different types of books. And in the New Testament, there are really three books that deal with Paul's concern with raising up godly ministers to follow after him. He's mentoring these young men. And in those, unlike other letters where he's writing to churches, he's writing to men who are going to lead a church and saying, okay, what's absolutely essential? Mm-hmm. Should I about 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus? Yes. Mm-hmm. And in those books, this is where we get a, a ton of incredible insight on, well, what is essential? Because Paul very directly states essential truths for these young men to know. And so I think that's a helpful place when we're trying to figure out, because if you step back from the Bible and say, well, this is a big book, mm-hmm. 66 books, lots of pages, lots of different material, how do I know what is essential and not essential on my own? That's quite a task. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the Holy Spirit helped us mm-hmm. by giving us these letters that Paul wrote to these men. Mm-hmm. So... What do we learn from some of those letters about what is essential? What are some truths or landmark things, little tidbits that would help us figure out, well, what is essential? So the first saying is in um, 1 Timothy 1.15, where Paul says, this is a trustworthy saying that uh, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. I think that's the first one that he mentions in Mm -hmm. the pastoral letters. So that's an so that trustworthy saying he's attaching it to the person of Jesus Christ the God man who came into the world with with one purpose to save sinners. And if you go through 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus you're going to see that phrase this is a trustworthy saying five mm-hmm. times six times four mm-hmm. times somewhere around in there. Well, when you're studying the Bible just like us as human authors Paul has certain distinctives in his writing to say, oh, I want you to note this. And so he's saying, this is a trustworthy saying. And so he highlights that to the reader. Even in uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, he's he's talking about those that have 
departed from the faith, and he says, About this we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again about the basic principles about the oracles of God. There are basic principles about what God's Word says. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he says, you, he's even telling them, you need milk, not solid food. Sometimes we try to get too deep into uh, theological controversy before we even understand the very basics of what, what we ought to know, the foundational things, you know, this trustworthy saying, as you're saying here. He says, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice in distinguishing good from evil. There's a discernment, you know, that we have to have, and that comes from actually knowing certain foundational truths. As you said, the Trinity, Christ is, uh, as the God-man, the resurrection, those, th- those are foundational truths. Then they, once you begin to build on those things, then the controversies are not foolish controversies. They yeah. become, this is important. Yeah, you know, um, I... My understanding is that there are, are, are essentially four doctrines that are essential, and you could collapse a couple in there. So the doctrine of God, he's essential for Christianity because he is the person of Christianity. The doctrine of the God-man, he is the Jesus Christ that we just read about. So everything that's included in that, his incarnation, that he's truly God, truly man. The doctrine And the whole, really the whole idea of his work as a mediator, yep. mm-hmm. I think, becomes really central to... Included in that. Yes. Yeah. The doctrine of Scripture, uh, if we don't have a revelation of God, then we can't know him. And then the doctrine of salvation. And if you just think about the Bible as a whole, that, those four things is what the Bible emphasizes more than anything else. Any, if, if you're So the, my mind works just weird sometimes i know um if you've listened to this program for any length of time you understand that but if you're if you're curious okay does this does doctrine x is doctrine x an essential doctrine or not well just ask if that doctrine disappeared would the christian um faith fall apart or not like we can ask that about if the trinity disappeared would the christian faith fall apart yes if baptism disappeared would the christian faith fall apart no uh, in fact, there's going to be no baptism in heaven, and, and this is still going to be a true reality. So let's just talk about one of them to help try to work through the lines. So the doctrine of salvation. Within this room, you're, you're dealing with three people that are Reformed. Um, I like to say that actually everybody that was Protestant at one point shared our view of salvation. So with the rise of the Protestant church um, in the Reformation, everybody believed in um, salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Um, that wasn't a Reformed doctrine. That was just a doctrine of salvation. So we disagree with the Roman Catholic Church on this, which their position has basically, they've anathanized us, and Paul has um, anathanized them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't agree. On this essential, we disagree. So what about within the Protestant Church? How much can we have agreement with, disagreement with, with an Arminian brother? So I think this is why the relationship of essential to what is so important, mm-hmm. because I think that being saved by grace alone plus nothing, which implies that one thing, you could never lose your salvation, is an essential doctrine to the faith. However, our Arminian brothers, um, since it's not essential to my faith, meaning that I can believe 
contrary to that and still be saved because we're not saved by doctrinal purity. We're saved by being born again. And that's why I think that distinction matters. Essential Mm -hmm. to the faith versus essential to my faith. So that allows me to have true fellowship with um, anyone who's born again, even if we disagree on an important doctrine like that. Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question or no? Probably, yeah. probably not in the way that you, you're. I probably answered it wrongly. What, what no, were you aiming no, at? No, 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 no. Well, we talk about true and false churches, and part of that is dealing with the essentials. Um, how would you mark this on this issue of disagreement on salvation? Well, would you say yeah. that some are out of bounds, some are not out of bounds? Well, the confession talks about, as Jonathan would, would quote several times, there are. are more pure and less pure churches. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very charitable on the, the writers of the confession. They recognize mm-hmm. that we're at different stages of our maturity. And the, and it wasn't uh, that they were talking about heresy. As you're talking about, they're more pure, less pure. They're certain, they're, and they would go to, is uh, church discipline practice? Is there a proper worship? It, you know, the word preached, those kind of things make it a pure church. Well, we'll continue this conversation tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Gospel of Life. And we'll see you then. 